This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Fourth edition of the Knoll Thy Enemy podcast presented by Knowles 247. I am your host, Trey Rowland, and I am here with Dangerous Dane, the man mad himself, Dane Draper. Dane, how you doing, my man? The Knowles are 3-0, and and you are 3-0 and on predictions. <laughs> I'm doing real well, Trey. Gotta be. 3-0. and <laughs> Let's go. Absolutely, Dane. Have you are fun. infallible. Your knowledge is unquestionable. And I cannot wait till you fill our listeners' heads to the brim with Boston College knowledge. Listen, Dane, Florida State is 3-0. A lot of people preseason did not predict that we would be here uh, at this situation, at this point of the season. But here we are against a team in Boston College that I think a lot of people, we counted this as a win for Florida State. But with the way Boston College has looked so far throughout the season, I think that a lot of prognosticators thought this would be a little bit of a tougher matchup for the Knowles. Now it might be tough just because of some of the injury issues that Florida state is dealing with right now. But Dane, what's your overall read of the Boston college Eagles, a team that is one and two on the season? Yeah, it's, it's, I guess a tougher game for FSU for sure. We've had, or gosh, gotta get better at that. Jeez. Uh, FSU <laughs> um, has had some, some bad injury luck for sure. I mean, right. really bad, right. Jordan Travis, uh, definitely questionable for this game um you probably don't have robert scapa we'll see whatever uh jared first got hurt as well fabian lovitz we'll see whatever but a lot of guys have been out but um yeah i don't know what i can say or not but you know a lot well, of guys have they, been out like you said we're not being coy just you guys saw the depth chart that mike norvell releases we really don't know and I, it, yeah it makes it makes jeff halfley the head coach of boston college job tougher but we're not holding out the info that you guys don't know. We don't know which of that group of four is going to play on Saturday night and which one isn't. So obviously, depending on if a couple of the four, none of the four, all of the four, depending on who of those guys play, the game becomes tougher for Florida State. I would say, though, Dane, even without all four of those guys, let's just, I mean, are, do you think Florida State's going to win this game? Yeah, I think they will. But I was going to say – Boston College has also had especially bad injury luck. Mm. Um, both teams have really been hindered this by this, but probably more so them because it's so heavily impacted the offensive line. Um, they lose four of their five uh, starters from last season along the offensive line. A lot of really talented guys. Uh, I think the top top selected uh, guard last season is Ion Johnson. Um, 
He's gone. Actually, I think he was second in the draft. But anyway, all ACC guy, really good. Uh, Alec Lindstrom's gone. Really talented offensive line. Everyone but Christian Mahogany is gone. And Christian Mahogany, who's probably the best guard in the ACC going into this year, tears his ACL. Um, so he's out. Uh, uh, starting right tackle Kevin Klein. He's out for the year as well now. They've had Oof. really bad injury luck along the offensive line, and they didn't have a great unit to start with probably. Yes. Outside of Christian Mahogany. Absolutely, and all those guys are gone. And even their sophomore left tackle, Ozzy Trapio, he's a guy that he's also had a knee issue. Uh, he's week to week. I don't think that's a season ender. But, yeah, and we'll get, we'll get to just how those offensive line injuries is something that – I'm sorry, Florida State fans. We are all too well familiar with this year and in years past um, what offensive line injuries could do. And we are certainly aware in years past – of how bad an ineffective offensive line just cripples you from an offensive production standpoint. So we'll get there. So just to give you kind of the stats on Boston college, they're one and two. They opened up their season with a 22 to 21 loss to Rutgers. Then they got smacked around by Virginia tech 27 to 10. They just rebounded this week with a 38, 17 over the formidable Maine black bears right now. We'll just, we'll just get it right to, to Boston College's offense, Dane, normally I would start with the quarterback and the receivers and things like that. And Boston College does have a couple talented guys. But I think we should just start with the offensive line and how it's impacted their, impacted their production. Boston College is currently, I think, the 130th best rushing offense in the country, which is second to last. Right. Huge far cry away from Jeff Hafley's first couple of years at Boston College and the old Steve Agdazio guys being dudes days at BC. Uh, their top rusher is redshirt junior running back Patrick Garwo, who has 41 rushing attempts for 118 yards, which for my math majors out there is less than three yards per. He's got two rushing touchdowns in three games. Dane, is this the worst offensive line unit you've seen in a long time <laughs> from a star, uh, power five program, I guess it'd be the worst since, I mean, that 2018, uh, Florida state unit was pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah. This, this is a bad <laughs> unit, man. Um, definitely not good. I think probably the most alarming thing that could come out of this game, in my opinion, would be if, if Boston college runs the ball well on you, if they can run the ball effectively on you, it's like you said, 130th and, and, uh, rush per attempt. That's, 1.66 yards per attempt. Um, Barlow, the running back, he is, um, is 2.9 on the season. Like you said, under three. I mean, geez. Against Maine, FCS Maine, that's, that was last week for them. Uh, 4.6 on the ground on 17 carries. He played that whole game. Um, he actually got his the longest carry or longest rush of the season uh, was last game for him with 30 yards it was a 30 yard touchdown on the and it was in the final drive bc's final drive of that game and he had to break two tackles in the backfield to get oh three. wow oh you watch um, main versus bc tape guys dane <laughs> is dedicated <laughs> that is good stuff brother uh, yeah um it, they just really look bad. I mean, they looked outmatched a lot, outmatched a lot of the times by that main defensive line, and that's just that's really tough. Um, and FSU's uh, 
probably the biggest defense or gosh, probably the biggest weakness on FSU's defense right now looks to potentially be that run defense, right? They're a hundredth nationally right. in rush per attempt uh, defense with 4.65 yards per attempt. Um, so this should be a really good matchup for FSU. Uh, yeah. But Pat Barwell, I mean, that, he was a, a thousand yard rusher last season uh, behind that really good offensive line, that really talented offensive line. And geez, that has just fallen off a cliff and you can't really blame them. No, it's in like, like you said, it's not the running back that's having issues. It's just when the offensive line is crippled, there's, there's no way to really scheme around it effectively or consistently. Florida state fans screaming in their cars. We know Trey, we know we've been there. So it, it, it would, it is an interesting matchup because Florida state's rush defense has been a little suspect. Now, a lot of that has been because of the kind of the, the running quarterbacks that we face and the kind of schemes that Florida state has chosen to play on defense Two high safeties, try to limit the explosive pass. Unfortunately, you give up some plays to very athletic quarterbacks like Jane Daniels from LSU and Malik Cunningham from Louisville. I think that that is going to be drastically different against Boston college. I think it, it, it matches up extremely well for a high production game for Florida state's defensive line, especially from the interior. It'd be nice to see if they could control the line of scrimmage with like six guys in the box, not having to bring an extra guy in there. So Florida state can continue to play too high and make life difficult for Boston college quarterback, Phil Dracovic and guys too, as you're listening to this, I would also um, direct you to Kevin Little's video on the X's and Knowles YouTube page. It's posted on Knowles 247. He gets into the more scheme stuff, the scheme stuff that Boston college likes to do and how Florida state can defend that from our scheme perspective. Does an awesome job. Definitely watch that video. But speaking of personnel, Boston College quarterback Phil Dracovic, one of the most talented ones in the ACC coming into this year, high preseason expectations. The numbers haven't really haven't really played out for him. He's got just these 59.4% completion percentage, 738 yards, uh, which is second in the ACC, six touchdowns but three interceptions. So okay numbers, but from somebody like Phil Dracovic, not what we I think expected coming into the season. Is that is there something off with his game, Dane, or is it just the offensive line he's got no time to throw? I mean, it's mostly the offensive line. It's just got to okay. be. But I don't think he's been perfect either at all. Um, you can't blame him, right? But um, but I think he's been pretty inconsistent too. I mean, I've seen him have some off throws, and and he's had three ints in a year, and I think two of those in particular have been pretty bad throws. Um, mm -hmm. like I think Jordan Travis has outplayed him, but Jordan Travis also has an easier job right now than him. So, right. Yeah. So you haven't noticed it. And it's mostly like you said, it's just due to the offensive line woes. You haven't noticed like this Phil's not playing like banged up or any weird things with his mechanics. It really is just, this guy is under duress all the time. Well, he was hurt last year. He missed a lot of time. And I, I mean, he's getting beaten up constantly behind this offensive line. So maybe he is hurt, but. Uh, no, I don't think it's anything big like that. He's not a super mobile guy, but he can move when he needs to. Um, they do try to get Phil out of the pocket a lot because uh, it's not a very uh, safe place to be. I, I will I, I will say, too, he may not be hurt, but my boy is sore because opponents yeah. right now, 12 sacks Boston College's offensive line is allowed, which is four per game, 127th in the nation. And Boston College's offensive line, 8.33 tackles for loss per game allowed, 119th in the nation. 
These are 2018 FSU offensive line stats. Hopefully the boys on FSU's D-line can eat. One guy who is supremely talented and still producing, even with the offensive line woes, is Boston College wide receiver Zay Flowers. Dane, talk to me about Zay. Yeah, he's him and Phil's connection. That's that's the, kind of the whole offense for the most part. Flowers is like just satisfying to watch. Um, I mean, Ooh. he <laughs> he he gets open. He's got like an imp- impressive like smoothness and elusiveness, um, and it's just extremely apparent after the catch. Just any way to you just they just need to get him the ball in any way possible because that's like. That's definitely the most consistent way of, of moving the chains. That dude is like, he's just fun to watch. I've never really sat down and just watched a ton of him before, but he's he's just smooth, man. I don't know. It's fun. Is he but a complete? Been, oh, go ahead, Dane. Go ahead. Well, you, you asked if he's a complete wide receiver. He's on the smaller end. I think uh, 5'10", 172 he's listed, I think. Um, but he's just so elusive. He can get up and he can catch a jump ball. He's a great deep threat. Um just super elusive, fast. He has some power to his game, too. Just looks like a really – he's got a really strong core to him. I don't know. He's really impressive to watch. But he's been highly productive for three years now. Uh, so far this season, 22 catches, 285 yards, three touchdowns through those three games. Uh, Virginia Tech was his least productive game, and he had f- where he had four catches for 79 yards, which is still a really productive game by – pretty much anyone's standard in college. Um, and it's also his only game without a touchdown. But he still had more than double the receiving yards of the next leading receiver on the team that game. Um, and, and BC didn't have their first first down until four minutes left in the second quarter that game either. I mean, the offense couldn't do anything. Oh, my God. Because Zay Flowers didn't do everything. Um, <sighs> so, yeah. There's- if 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 Fuller can put together a scheme to, to limit flowers similar to how he did like a Keishon Boutte, then I don't know how BC is going to consistently move the ball at all. I think there's a game plan right there. Try to control the line of scrimmage with six, put two guys on flowers and say, Phil, do what you got to do, man. That, that's all there is. Cause he has been extremely productive. He's tops in the ACC and receptions per game. Kevin pointed out on that video that I, uh, I referenced earlier that, Boston College likes to not only can Flowers beat you on like long ball, deep shots, vertical plays, but very elusive, very agile. Boston College likes to run a lot of digs, crossing routes, things over the middle. So Florida State's secondary and linebacker communication is going to have to be on point because that guy is one of the few legitimate dudes on that offense that is a huge threat. So obviously the game plan is going to be Dracovic, which the offensive line is probably going to take care of that in and of itself. But Flowers, 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 he's their best player, and I think he's their most dangerous. Dan, before we move on to the Boston College defense, which I think is a much better unit than their offense, anything else you want to mention for Florida State fans to keep an eye on? Yeah, um, I like their pass catchers in general, even outside of Flowers. They're okay. okay. They they definitely lack size at wide receiver. Like, they're their second and third option guys, a wide receiver, Jaden Williams and Jalen Gill, Jaden Williams and Jalen Gill. Um, I think they're both solid players too. They're kind of a similar build to flowers. Like I said, they definitely lack size. Uh, Jaden Williams looks a lot similar. Lo- looks a lot alike. Lo- looks a lot like Zay flowers. Um, and I think he has similar strengths to flowers. He's just not as freakishly Dynamic. right athletic, but um 
and Gill's a little more wiry. Um, Gill's their biggest wide receiver, though. That's at least at least their biggest guy that's been pretty productive, and he's only 5'11", 183 pounds. So definitely lack size there. Um, and then their tight end, George Tackett, he's uh, second on the team in catches and yards. Uh, he's first year there. He's a fourth-year player in college, but he just transferred in from Notre Dame. And Ooh. So he's playing behind Michael Mayer, uh, one of the best tight ends in the country. He's also younger than Tackett. So he decided to leave, and it seems like a good – like it was a good bet so far. Um, I think he looks pretty good. He's a big body, uh, 6'6", 247. I think he moves pretty well in space. He's got good long speed. He seems like a good tight end from what I've seen of him. Yeah, 15 catches, 154 yards, and a touchdown for George Dickax. Um Yeah, dude, going from Notre Dame to Boston College, man. <laughs> productive, productive places to play tight end in college. That's a fact. So he's going to be... He's somebody that I would actually be a little bit more worried about last year with the improved play of FSU's linebackers. I still think that kid's going to be a factor because somebody has to catch the ball for Boston College, and it could be a good safety valve for Phil Dracovic. But I'm not as worried about him doing the massive damage as I would be in years past with the improved play of Florida State's linebacker unit. Let's move on to the Boston College defense. Uh, Definitely a better unit than their offense. I think Kevin said in his video that they are the 49th ranked defense in SP plus right now, which makes them a pretty, pretty solid unit. I will say we'll see if those numbers kind of tend to bear out. They have played Rutgers, VT, and Maine. Not extremely productive offenses by any stretch of the imagination. So we will see if those numbers bear out. But a very well coached defense. Uh, obviously with Jeff Hafley with his experience in the NFL and as defensive coordinator at Ohio State. Dane, when you look at the Boston College defense, is there anything that stands out to you, or is it just like Boston College defenses of old, very well-coached units with solid secondary play? I think that's a pretty good summarization of it, honestly. I didn't Um, mean to take that from you. I apologize. (laughs) I think that did a pretty good job of it. But, uh, yeah, statistically, S&P Plus does a good job of – it's a good job of accounting for like strength of schedule, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, three really bad offenses, like bad offenses. Um, I am not personally high on Rutgers or BT <laughs> as an offense <laughs> at all this year. Um, but, uh, statistically they have a pretty average rush defense and, um, but they do have a top quarter pass defense. Uh, Josh DeBerry, he's their nickel back there. Mm-hmm. He was an all ACC second team guy last year. He had 53 tackles and he led the team with eight tackles for loss. He had two picks. Um, I think he's probably the best player back there. Uh, you have Jaden Woodby at strong safety. Um, That's right. Jaden Lars. We remember. <laughs> he's been pretty productive with them, but we know him. Um, I don't think they have any super special talents, uh, but um I like their linebacker duo, Cam Arnold and Vinny De Palma. Both of those guys are first and second on the team in tackles. Both veteran guys. Um, so that's a solid duo, a linebacker. And Donovan, I don't have the pronunciation guy. Oh, let up, me try. Let me try. Donovan. You. Yeah. Or you got it. Zia Ruaku. That's not oh. the pronunciation guide. I'm just, I, I'm just taking a look. Guys, there's a lot of Zs and a lot of vowels in close proximity to each other. 
If you can pronounce Dunneman, is he Ruaku's name better than I can? Give yourself a big old pat on the bat in your car and keep it cool right now. But yeah, what about it? What about old D there? Yeah, yeah. Um, he he leads the team so far in tackles for loss, three and a half, and he has two sacks. Um, he also is the highest grade, uh, the highest PFF grade on defense with, with an 87. It's an 87 PFF grade overall, which is really good. I mean, that's yeah. borderline elite. Um, but uh, that grade's also carried by a 91 run defense grade. So. That's a guy to look out for, but um, generally it'd be nice to think you could run on this defense. Yeah, I think so too. And like you said, the linebackers, uh, I think Vinny DePalmo, the guy you mentioned, he's a graduate. So there's a lot of age there. A lot of guys, there's a lot of experience on this line. Uh, I mean, on this defense. And then Izzy Ruaku, as you said, um, his actually 87 PFF grades really impressive. And he's had a really, really good year. Um, what do you think is the strength of this Boston college unit or is, is there one singular strength or is it a very competent, well-coached defense? That's kind of the sum of the parts. I mean, is there any, where do you think that Florida state can really attack these guys? Do you think it's on the ground or through the air? I think it's kind of TBD. Like you said, I I do think they're well, just a well-coached unit. Jeff Halfley, who was a really good defensive coordinator at Ohio state. Um, he's going to have a good team, a good defense, especially in the secondary, um, statistically they are better in the secondary, but, um, but they've also played really bad passing offenses. Mm. So it's just tough to know because of who they've played. I think this, I think FCB will be easily the best offense they've played. Um, I guess if Tate Rodemaker's the guy, we'll see, but even then they probably will be the best passing offense BC has played yet. Yeah, I think so, too. And I I think one thing that will be interesting is Florida State has played uh, like the game against Louisville, for instance. They had a lot of trouble with Louisville's speed on the defensive line and the linebacker unit. So a lot of the stuff that they like to do normally, like the counter, the counter tray, the the reverses, the kind of long developing stuff where like Mike Norvell likes to manipulate the flow of the linebackers. That didn't work as well just because it was blown up with speed. Um, and they had success against Louisville with some kind of their outside zone game, things that were kind of more quick hitter stuff and allow the running back to pick the hole and burst through. But this game, I think, is different. Boston College's unit is very aggressive, specifically the linebackers. I think they trigger pretty quickly. Uh, I think that Florida State can actually have some success with their counter game, maybe some reverses and arounds, that jet motion. I think they will be able to manipulate uh, the linebackers and the defensive line with Boston College and kind of get back to their bread and butter, which at least last year and the years before has been that counter running game. And I hope that uh, I'd like to see a big performance out of FSU in the screen game. I thought they actually blocked their screens uh, pretty poorly from the offensive line standpoint against Louisville. Now, is that because of poor execution? Is that because of the, the speed of Louisville's defense? We'll see. But I think that we can find that BC defense in some compromising positions, especially with Tate Rodemaker as your quarterback, help him out with the screen game, running backs coming out of the backfield counter, manipulate the linebackers and, you know, have some success with the RPO game. Uh, Anything else that you want to add on that Boston college defense? Like we said, it's, it's a better matchup against Florida state's offense than Boston college's offense is, but, uh, I'm interested to hear your prediction, Dane, because I think even with all of the injuries that you mentioned, Jordan Travis, Jared Verse, Robert Scott, Fabian Lovett, 
who knows who else from that depth chart that's unchanged that <laughs> is fairly useless at this point is going to actually play Saturday night against Boston College. But even with all of those things considered, Dane, what do you think the final score is going to be at Dope Campbell Stadium on Saturday night? Oh, well, I mean, the biggest oh, you know it's coming. Stop breathing heavy. We do this. We do this every <laughs> week. Don't you breathe heavy. You knew this was coming. <laughs> Got to take a sigh. Got to think. Um, <laughs> Uh, I mean, if we see Jordan Travis in the game at all, I think it will be over quickly. Um, yeah. I'm going to go under the assumption that he that he won't play. I don't know anything with that, but I'm going to go under the assumption that he won't play just based on what we saw uh, on Friday night. Yeah. And um, I think something like, hmm, I'll say 20... 24 to 13. Okay, I got you. Kind of an, an uglier affair than most would expect. Obviously, Tate had a great second half against Louisville, but there's more tape on the things that he likes to do. Jeff Halfley is a very talented defensive coordinator. A little bit more scouting. So I I think that that's fair to assume with Tate there. You think it'll be a little bit maybe, maybe like an uglier offensive performance than most people expect, Dane? Yeah, I think it should be. I mean – they have a week to game plan for uh for Tate Rodemaker. Your straight drop back game isn't gonna be isn't gonna no. be good. Me saying that I think this might be the best passing attack that BC has faced, that really speaks more to how bad the competition <laughs> plays so far. That is not saying Tay Rodemaker this offense should be a, a good passing offense, but um but they can make some things happen. You have some decent skill guys like a Johnny Wilson. So yeah think they can they can make some plays i'm with you on that i'm a little bit more bullish i'm under the assumption that tate's gonna play too just for all the things that you said and honestly too looking at who florida state has to play next they have a very brutal stretch coming up and i think they'd like their very key contributors as healthy as possible and i think they can win this game without playing at least most of those guys if not all i think that the score is probably going to be around 31 to 17 I do think it's going to be a little bit more ugly offensively than people probably expecting right out of the gate. That's just because Boston College is a well-coordinated defensive unit. I do think there will be a turnover or two where they've got Tate scouted correctly. However, I thought Tate showed that, and Florida State has a they have a whole week to game plan around Tate as well. So obviously that's a two that's a two sided coin. Absolutely, yeah. I do think that they are going to find ways to leverage the better talent that they have on their offense. Johnny Wilson, Ontario Wilson, and all the running backs. Please feed Treshawn Ward. I love Treshawn Ward. Trey Benson could have a nice bounce back game, and then of course Lawrence Toafili is your X factor. I do think that that talent is going to uh, is going to show up in the end. They may have some trouble running the ball early, but I do think at the end of the game, like they've shown at the end of all their games so far this season, Florida State is going to be able to run the ball. And they'll probably have a little bit more early success just because their slow developing stuff, I think, is going to have a better chance to take. And then on the Florida State defensive side, off Boston College is frankly screwed. I do think that they're going to have um, – Zay Flowers is going to get his. He's a, good, he's a good player. But Florida State is going to be bracketing him all night. And – I am of the assumption that Florida State's defensive line is going to dominate and win this game. 
So it's going to look a lot different than the game against Louisville did, in my opinion. So I'm going 31-14, Florida State win, fairly comfortable. And, of course, this is all null and void. If Jordan Travis does play, then it's just get, just, mm. just get comfortable. It's going to be a big, good old-fashioned smackdown, good old-fashioned slobber knocker. Uh, it'll be good stuff, man. So, Dane, anything else you want to say before we wrap up this fourth edition of Noel Thy Enemy? Anything you want to say to the to the people? Uh, yeah, you're talking about um, the defensive line having a dominant performance. I think it would be really nice to see, like, uh, like Jared Jackson play up to how we've yeah him be talked or like we've seen him play and practice throughout fall and stuff. It'd be nice to see him. Um, I, I'd like to see uh, Derek McClendon kind of have a breakout game. Dennis Briggs has been a little quiet too. Yeah. All these guys, um, it'd be nice if they really had a big impact on this game. And it'll probably happen. I so. think so, too. And it'd be nice because the talent is there. Specifically, like guy like Jared Jackson is definitely flash. We know the talent's there. Uh, McClendon has actually, I think, been the most consistent of those three guys that you mentioned. So I think Derek, yeah. especially if Burst doesn't play, is going to have a good game. Uh, would like to see Dennis Briggs. I think they could be creative with Briggs and put him on the interior as well and some obvious pass rushing downs. And then Pat Payton, I thought that he played oh, yeah. a really, really good game. Um, and I think if he got the chance to play a full 60, I think that I think that his impact would be duly felt. Well, you know whose impact is duly felt? It's all of you guys that are listening to here on the Noel Dianemy podcast. We have listened. This turned into just from like a, a vehicle for Dane to get all that knowledge out. And this is a real deal. The best opponent preview podcast in the history of opponents previews or podcasts. So I think it's just something we're going to continue to do every week. We may even expand, get some other people on some other experts. Not that we don't need it because Dane is our beautiful mind, but we might get some other experts from the other 24 seven sites. That's something you guys have said. So we'll continue to do that. But either way, we both predicted a Florida state win. Dane, I'd like to go four. No, I know you would too. But for Dane Draper, I'm I'm Trey Rowland. This was Noel Thy Enemy. We love you guys. Keep chopping off. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.